Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. Creative Pep Talk helps you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with Creative Pep Talk and my creative work by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new Fluid Engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it, got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you, where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. Yo, so... Check it out. This is the final chapter of the Deep Dive series. In this series, we've dove deep. And in this episode, we dive deep into uh, marketing and what I do for marketing and what I think about how to approach marketing. And I got so jazzed out of my mind. It pepped me up so much that I thought we need to do a whole series on marketing. So this is like the last chapter of the deep dive series, but it's the first, uh, it it is the gateway into the next series, which is gonna be all about marketing your work because I just feel like there's so much to say on this topic and I feel like we need to refresh some things and some new ideas to how to market your creative work and it's so important. It's one of the most important components of what you do that I think we need to go do a deep dive into marketing all on its own. And uh, so, so look out for that. After this episode, the marketing, up, uh, the marketing series will start up. Just a heads up, Memphis Creative Works just around the corner. It's sold out, so... Uh, Sorry if you wanted to attend, but you didn't get a ticket. I will be there, and I'm actually going to be speaking there. I'm going to be opening the conference with serious 
uh, piles of pep and I can't wait. I've, I've started to plan what I want to say and I'm so excited about it. Um, I just can't wait to do it. Can't wait to eat barbecue and hang out with all of you guys. Um, thanks to the recent Patreon backers. Uh, I want to kind of, I want to, uh, start taking Patreon to the next level. And I'm going to talk about that in some future episodes, but to those of you, I got like, uh, a bunch of Patreon backers recently, and you guys are making this thing happen. Happen. I'm looking forward to making this more listener supported and uh, making this thing more of a mission that we're all in- involved doing together. Um, so stay tuned for all that. Here's the deep dive into marketing. Let's go. So I'm told there's a lot of work being done to get people on Mars. A lot of scientists working hard day and night trying to figure out how we get there, how we colonize it, what do we need to do to make that happen. And uh, although there's a lot of talk, I kind of invented this scenario where we decided that before we figure out whether we can actually get there, we're going to figure out every other detail of what it would look like to live on Mars perfectly in utopia, in style, you know, books and books written about this is the fashion you need. These are the ethics, maps drawn up. We take Mars, we map it out, we cut, you know, put it into territories, we draw the flags, we, we name what the moon dust or what the Mars dust is going to be called and what the utensils we're going to use to mine it. And, you know, we get every Everything sorted, everything perfect before we actually work on getting there. And I'm sure you can see how absolutely ridiculous that would be because we're like, hey, we don't even know if we can get there. Why are we so caught up on all the fine details of uh, what it looks like to live there in utopia, which we know isn't possible in the first place, right? Yet, I feel like in so many creative landscapes and so many uh, creative industries, we do this all the time. You know, when I'm working with young creative people, uh, unlike myself, I'm 31 years old. Uh, but when I'm working with those 20s, 20-year-olds uh, in schools and, and people that listen to the podcast, man, I get so many questions about copyright and, uh, you know, having the perfect voice and whether you should launch your portfolio when you're not exactly sure everything's perfect, uh, you know, pricing and uh, ethics of what it's what to do when you do have all the attention and the fame and all that jazz and talking about all this stuff that's completely irrelevant if you don't have attention on your work. All these discussions talking about what to do when people are watching you, what to do when you're no longer in obscurity, how to exist and live perfectly once you have a big following. And I feel like it's a fun distraction and it keeps us in our comfort zone without ever asking the question, do we have what it takes to actually get attention on our work and get people watching and get people caring about the stuff that we're doing. I feel like we want to hide behind questions like copyright and pricing and uh, all this jazz uh, and pontificate about 
what people that ha what people are doing with the attention they have. We love sitting back and critiquing those who have attention instead of ask actually asking ourselves what would it look like to do what it takes to get attention on our work. And in this day and age, I don't think it's ever been more of a relevant question to I think it's top of the list. First thing you need to concern yourself with when you start thinking about this career is how do I get people to care about what I'm doing? And then once you have a bunch of people that care, I have to break it to you, man. It's not that hard to then monetize the situation, to, to work out the kinks, to figure out what you're going to name the soil on Mars, like all that stuff, not so hard. The fashion, uh, what you do with the attention once you have it and how you work all that out, that's actually the fun part. The hard part, the pressing issue is whether you're going to get the attention in the first place. And I see this play out in the music industry a lot, actually. Uh, there's so much talk about whether it's ethical these days that you know there, the, there's no money being made on the sales of music and whether streaming's ethical and you know blah, 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 blah. And I'm not a musician, so I can't completely speak to it. But I'll tell you what, here's a big question. Where's the attention? And once you got the attention, you can talk about where's the money. But I feel like there's some musicians and artists that are a little bit short-sighted. You know, I have a favorite musician who refuses to be on Spotify. And I hate to break it to them, but my attention is on Spotify. I've bought all their albums on vinyl, so I've, I've thrown a little penny at them. But I'll tell you what, long-term as a fan, they are out of sight, out of mind for me most of the time. And maybe once or twice a year, I remember them. And I'm like, oh yeah, they're one of my favorites. But it's not enough. They're not in my life enough for me to think about them enough, to think about when they're going on tour and thinking about what they're doing and buying their merchandise and following their journey. Like I, they're out of sight, out of mind. They're not where the attention is. And I think that question of going where the attention is, is the first one you've got to ask yourself. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about exactly how to work for the paycheck of attention instead of waiting to win the lottery. Let's go. So this episode is basically just like a little marketing guide for how to get attention on your work. Uh, that big question. This is my answer to that question. And it's a tricky question. Like marketing in 2017 has never been uh, less obvious how to do it properly. And uh, I spent a lot of time reading marketing books, listening to marketing podcasts, and trying to figure out how to translate that in relevant ways to the creative world because there's a lot of translation that has to happen. It's not that that whole marketing world, all of that doesn't just work verbatim straight into the creative world. Creative world has its own nuances and um, there was just a lot of time spent for me trying to figure out how to apply these principles to the creative world and I actually think of myself uh, one of the core values that I try to bring to the creative community is that work that I've done to try to figure out how to communicate and translate 
relevant marketing for this day and age to creative work. And uh, that's what this episode's all about. And so let's go back to that question that we asked in the intro, where's the attention? That's the first thing you gotta do. Number one thing you gotta do is ask yourself, in my industry and in my market, where is the attention? What platform, what services? Is it Instagram? Is it Bandcamp? Is it SoundCloud? Is it uh, Vimeo if you're a filmmaker? Where is the attention of the people that I wanna connect to? The people that will hire me or the customers that'll buy my products, where are they going? Where are they focused? That's actually a massive question because that's the question you gotta ask before you get married to a platform, right? We're talking about a commitment, we're talking about a long haul deep dive, That's a. this is the deep dive service, uh, <laughs> the deep dive series is uh, what we're talking about. And before you make a commitment, you need to know where to commit. And you need to commit to making work and marketing yourself on a platform where the people you want to connect to are already giving attention. And so that's the first thing you got to do. And once you have that, I want you to make a deep commitment to working for a paycheck in that direction, on that platform, mastering what it takes to, uh, to really explode in that area. Instead of, I, I'm a big believer in quality, not quantity in terms of marketing. Instead of thinking about you know, getting your images on every single platform or getting your music on every single platform, ask yourself not just where are musicians, but where are the, the record labels or the customers that I personally want to connect to, the ones that are interacting with my market. You know, Hip hop is going to work differently than indie rock. Right, The attention of those people are in different places and you got to ask yourself where that is so that you can commit to the long haul and really give it the work necessary to earn that marketing paycheck. Woo! I'm getting a little bit fired up, I guess. I don't know what, what, what kind of weirdo gets so emotionally passionate about marketing. I guess this guy. Uh, so first thing you got to do is ask yourself, where's the attention? Second thing you got to do, this is a big one. And it's not one that many people actually, I think, think about. It was a, a, a mind-blowing game changer, just to speak a little bit of hyperbole at you for me, but it was. Uh, and this came from Gary Vaynerchuk, who I think is definitely his own breed of human. That's for sure. It might not be your taste. Might not If, if it was dog breeds, it might not be the uh, dog breed that you would purchase. He might not be your flavor. Uh, but I don't think there's any denying that he is very knowledgeable in marketing tactics that work today. And in my experience, and I've experienced a lot of different marketing experts, quote unquote, and I don't think anybody kind of knows their stuff like he does. And one of the things that he said that was the game changing mind blower for me was this idea of native language. So once you've picked your platform that you're gonna do a deep dive on, then you need to know what works on that platform. It's called speaking the native language of that platform. Okay, so you, um, so Instagram, what works on Instagram doesn't necessarily work on Twitter. What works on Twitter doesn't necessarily work on Facebook. 
you know, I've seen a meme flying around that shows like, you know, me on Twitter, me on Instagram, me on Facebook. And they're like these very different pictures of like, you know, people on Twitter are more snarky and sarcastic and, and comedy. People on Instagram is like people going to church, like they put on their best clothes, they put on their best face and their best photos and their life looks amazing. Whereas on Twitter, your life is falling apart if you want to connect with people there. Uh, and on Facebook, it's kind of like, this is my whole life and everything that I've got and my angry, deepest held opinions about politics and the world and all that crap. It's where I go to like shout out who my deepest, sincere being, being with no apologies. Uh, and that's Facebook and also your grandma's on there. So it's a whole different uh, flavor, right? And when you open... This is something that Gary Vaynerchuk talks about is when you open Instagram or you open Facebook or you open Twitter, you're actually in different psychology. It's like going into whether you're going to go into work or whether you're going to go into the bar. And when you go there, you only have radar for stuff that looks like what you were looking for in the first place. And if you're speaking Spanish and you're in France, you're not going to connect with people. And so the second thing you got to do is you got to know what works on Instagram. You'll find this. this is one of my favorite little tidbits is that illustrators that you utilize photography on Instagram actually get more traction, whether it's taking photos of their sketchbook or doing something clever with a drawing and a photograph, like that works better. And I'm convinced that it works better because, uh, because Instagram is primarily and was originally a photography app, a curated photography app. And when you just op upload a JPEG, a digital JPEG onto Instagram, it's just one degree outside of the dialect of Instagram. And uh, I think spending a lot of time understanding what works on that platform is time well spent. Now, the third thing you got to do, the third thing you got to do is uh, show up like a good service. And this is content marketing. And uh, I've, in the past, I used to talk about content marketing a lot. I kind of gave it a little bit of a break because I'd felt like I'd kind of talked about it a lot on this podcast. But at the same time, I'm not, you know, when I go out there and talk to people and talk to creatives one-on-one, -on -one, uh, I get a vibe like maybe I haven't talked about it enough. And uh, content marketing is just this idea that, um, that people get to choose what they consume now. So it used to be that advertisers could kind of force you to watch their commercial, force you to see their billboard, uh, force you to, uh, to take in their ads and their marketing by stealing your time to steal your money. But with things like TiVo and DirecTV and whatever the friggin' fancy thing is, or just the fact that we don't, we watch Netflix and Hulu, and you can even pay on Hulu extra not to watch the commercials, we only consume what we choose to consume. And so instead of forcing people, you know, with sending them mailers or sending them unsolicited emails, that's no longer the best way to get people's attention. And actually, the best way is to provide a free service of value on the platforms they're using that mean that they want to include you in their 
feed. And uh, this can look like a personal project for a lot of creatives. It can look like, uh, you know, I think there a lot of the bands that have that have come up in the past couple years, you know, the I know a lot of indie bands that were on Bandcamp and they made five albums uh, on Bandcamp before anybody ever took them seriously before anybody ever reviewed any of those albums, but they just consistently showed up on that platform with good stuff for people to hear. And slowly but surely, they earned that attention paycheck by showing up and delivering the goods. And so on Instagram or on Twitter or on Tumblr or Facebook, whatever, whatever platform you choose, figure out what's the native language of value. What kind of value do people show up in this platform to get and how can you provide that with your creative work and uh, if you can do that consistently like a service you know uh, you will slowly but surely gain the trust and attention of those people and it will start to compound and that's how it's done and a lot of people don't like that because it's it doesn't feel as easy as it used to when you're just like, okay, tell me what to do. Send a thousand postcards? All right, I can do that. Send a thousand postcards today. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't work like that. You can't just sprint. It's a marathon. But if you do that, I'm telling you, I've built my entire career on this concept of figuring out which platform figuring out what works on the platform, giving my content as a service for, to trade for people's attention for in one direction, over one season, for a significant period of time, until it starts to compound up and up into that attention paycheck. And then there's one more thing you got to do. The fourth thing you got to do is connect with other people. Don't be an island. You could literally do that uh, steps one through three and do it super, super well and it never quite light the fuse because you're stuck in oblivion, in obscurity, not connecting to anyone else. And the fourth thing you got to do is you got to connect with other people. You got to bring other people into your personal project, into your content marketing. You got to connect with other people. And this is the clincher for, for me. Don't get caught up on climbing a ladder. Don't get caught up on reaching way ahead of where you are right now. Look beside you. Where are the people next to you trying to work in the same industries and markets that you are that you see value in, that you see potential in and lock your arms with them and come up together and start a movement together and pour into each other and see the abundance and don't compete collaborate and they don't have to be a giant part of your personal project or your content marketing but you need to on a regular basis include other people and if you do that over time it will slowly but surely compound and I believe if you do those four things with commitment and discipline with the uh, with the toenail removal dedication that we talked about in episode 148 you will see 
big results over time. So, uh, <laughs> I believe like anything else in life that the good stuff requires dedication and commitment. And, uh, and commitment and dedication are pretty hard sometimes, right? And we like good stuff a lot. And uh, I'm borderline here going to get into relationship advice. And uh, <laughs> I may be a doctor of pizza, but I'm not the love doctor. And I don't know great uh, <laughs> relationship advice. I do know what has worked for me up until this point. And uh, I think there's something to learn through this lens about how to get the good stuff in marketing. One of the things that I think uh, happens in marketing and what I see a lot of creative people do is date around. You know, uh, try a bunch of different things in fits and starts, lots of little sprints uh, here and there. You know, today, try to send a thousand emails. You know, tomorrow, send a thousand postcards. The next day, upload your work on every single platform and sit back and wait for stuff to happen. And none of the good stuff really happens. Maybe, maybe you get a little bit lucky on this or that. But ultimately, it doesn't really happen. And I think one of the things that uh, screws with us is that idea of hit, winning the lottery, hitting the jackpot in that giant, ginormous way. Uh, and if it's right, and if, it, if, if she's the one, then uh, it, it should be uh, big, explosive, good stuff for the rest of time because I found my soulmate. And uh, what ends up happening instead is that the newness of a new person is really kind of like good stuff, kind of, kind of exciting, kind of fun. But as soon as it gets to be work and it gets to be tough, we move on to the next new thing and we get into a cycle of just chasing the next idea. And I think in marketing, it's a lot like that kind of dating cycle where uh, you know we get excited about a new marketing idea, we try it, we give everything we've got to it for a little bit, but then it starts to become work and we don't see the results we want and it didn't turn out exactly how we thought it would and so we move on to the next marketing technique instead of committing. But the truth is that in my experience that the really, really good relationship stuff happens after you, after the new stuff, after it gets hard and after it gets uh, to be work. And on the other side of that, if you'll keep digging, if you keep deep diving down past the, the bedrock and you get to the other side, that's where the real jewels are found. And in my relationship with my wife, we had, at the beginning when we met, we felt, fell deep in love with each other. We worked at Subway together, which was weird, weird way to meet somebody. And uh, we, we fell for each other deep. And it was fireworks and amazing. And, but at the same time, 
right from the get-go. We'd had some other relationships, and we knew how special and magic this was. But even from the beginning, we talked about commitment, and we talked about knowing that there were going to be moments we wanted to strangle each other, moments when we knew that we were just couldn't look at each other's faces. And believe me, those moments came, baby. But on the other side of them, I have my closest family member in this world. And she's not just a, uh, a girlfriend. She is my partner in crime, my person who has helped me get to where I am today, who has supported me, who has had my back, who has seen all the good and all the bad and stays there and becomes a rock for me and I'm a rock for her. And that's the real good stuff. Now, that is much deeper and more important than your marketing, right? <laughs> uh, but I think there's a parallel here. And I want to encourage you to take these steps seriously. To, uh, to, to really do a deep dive in a relationship with just one platform that you think is right. With just one project for an extended period of time. And at first, when you start that bad boy, when you start that new body of work, it's gonna be exciting. There might even be fireworks if you play your cards right. But I can guarantee you, when you're on this long road of marketing, there's gonna be a time, let's say you do a year-long project, when you're right in the middle of that marathon, there's gonna be a time when no one seems to care about what you're doing, and there's no fireworks, and there's only barely a meager paycheck, and you don't see it ever compounding with interest. And every single big project that I've done that's made a massive impact on my creative career has had the middle marathon moments where I didn't think it was going to pay off. I didn't think anybody cared. And you'd just be surprised with how much dedication and time and attention it takes to get people's attention, to get people to care about what you're doing, to get people to realize that you're serious about this stuff, that you're really good at this stuff, to, to just even to notice what you're doing. A lot of times it's not even that people don't care or aren't interested. They just haven't had enough of a chance to, to, to uh, get wind of it. And so you got to keep going. And so I encourage you today to uh, say I do to the deep dive of marketing. Okay, that's the last episode of the Deep Dive series. Stay tuned for the marketing series. I'm pepped out of my shorts. To... <laughs> Sounds really weird, sorry. Uh, gosh, I can't move on from that, weird. Anyway, I'm pepped is what I'm trying to say uh, about this next series. And if you, for whatever reason, are some weirdo who has not had enough of, uh, of Dr. Pizza and you need an extra dose, maybe you want to hear a little bit about more about my story. I go deep into my story on a few other podcasts recently, interviews that I did with other podcasts. I was on Your Creative Push. I was on Raise Your Hand, Say Yes. And I was 
on being boss and I had a phenomenal time on those podcasts. They're all really great. They ask great questions. I got super jazzed as I do and got to share a bunch of my heart for creative people and this mission and all this stuff. So uh, go check those episodes out and uh, go show them some love. And if you know, if you have connections with the podcast that you think I'd be great on, feel free to send me a uh, email. I enjoy doing that so much. I'd love to do it on a few other podcasts. I'm kind of in the mood, in the season of doing that. Um, so yeah, so thanks for having me, you guys. And uh, stay tuned for more fresh pep and do whatever it takes, you know. I'm not there yet. I was going to say to stay pepped up, but I haven't thanked people yet. So let's thank some people. Let's thank you. Let's thank Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our lovely theme music. Uh, thanks Nate Utesh and the band Metavari for all our other tunes. Big old thanks to Alex Sugg for editing this bad baby. He does a phenomenal job. And thank you, the listeners. Thank you guys for supporting it, reviewing it on iTunes, backing it on Patreon, spreading the word on Twitter and Instagram, and just generally being the most lovely audience in the world. I love to have this uh, relationship and connection with you guys. Uh, Till next time, stay pepped up.